Welcome to the Climate Report on Forward Radio, WFMP 106.5 FM, Louisville. This is Hart Hagen, your host, and we are on episode number 222. Today's topic is Bernie Sanders' Green New Deal, Part 23. The Climate Report is a daily radio show and podcast that asks the question, WTF? Who's running the world? Who controls the world? Who rules the world? And why do they want to ruin it for the rest of us, including their own children? The Climate Report is a thorough examination of how to solve the problem of climate change. And the Climate Report is your definitive source for information and analysis related to the Green New Deal. On the Climate Report, we question everything we've ever been taught about American politics, American economics, American culture, everything we've ever been taught in school, everything we've ever been taught in the media, everything we've been taught about the so-called free enterprise system, which is not free, but they want you to think that it is. The views expressed on this show are those of the speaker and no one else. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please email info at theclimatereport.net. What we're doing is reading through Bernie Sanders' Green New Deal, and we got to a part where we're talking about rebuilding our economy and ensuring justice for frontline communities and a just transition for workers. So frontline communities refers to those, especially people of color, but also uh, uh, white working people and it, it you know no everybody is affected by environmental pollution but especially people of color so we're going to talk about rebuilding our economy and ensuring justice for frontline communities and a just transition for workers we want to make sure that the workers have not only jobs but better jobs because they have been sold a bill of good we have been sold a bill of goods that says only fossil fuel companies can keep the lights on only fossil fuel companies can power can give us the energy that we need for jobs and for our economy and you know, workers in these fossil fuel companies are taught a sense of false pride in all that as if Fossil fuels exist, therefore they are inevitable, but they're not inevitable. We need a just transition and we need a new deal. We need a green new deal. So I'm going to reread one paragraph here uh, from last time. It says, For too long, this country has neglected workers displaced by government policy. NAFTA and permanent normal trade relations with China which Bernie opposed, eliminated millions of jobs and left entire communities devastated. Bernie will put workers first. Full employment, economic opportunities, and high-wage jobs in underserved areas will be supplemented by income, health care, education, and pension protections. When we are in the White House, compensation and assistance for displaced workers will come first, the balance sheets of fossil fuel corporations and billionaire investors will come last. So imagine that if the wealthy and the big 
corporations come last. Currently, in our system, they come first because our elected leaders have been bought, and that includes Democrat John Yarmouth has been bought. He wants your vote, so he wants you to think he's some kind of liberal, but when he puts on a suit and goes to work in Washington, D.C., he is doing the bidding of the oil companies doing the bidding of the big banks, and of course he's doing the bidding of uh, big insurance companies because, uh, you know, Humana gives to his, uh, you know, they, they, I don't know the details, but is Humana not giving to the campaign of John Yarmouth? Are they not giving uh, to PACs from which he accepts money? Anyway, we need to prioritize the people instead of prioritizing uh, corporations and billionaire investors. So it says here, as president, Bernie will ensure a transition for energy workers. Energy workers refers to people who work in oil. Energy workers refers to people who work in coal. Energy workers refers to people who work in fracking. Uh, Energy workers uh, refers to people who work on the pipelines and the trains that are all kind of depend on fossil fuel companies to make their living. So Bernie is saying here we're going to ensure a just transition for energy workers says, when we are in the White House, we will create millions of union family wage jobs through the Green New Deal in steel and auto manufacturing, construction, energy efficiency retrofitting, coding and server farms, and renewable power plants. So look at all those industries that are being mentioned here and says we're going to create millions of jobs in these areas. So if you create millions of jobs for people, then people begin to trust you. If you create millions of jobs for people, then they might start to question the BS propaganda that they've been getting from the uh, fossil fuel companies for their entire lives. Maybe they will start to understand <clears throat> that it is not industry that creates jobs. It is, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that create jobs, but Capital and profits do not create jobs. uh, Anyway, that's another conversation. Government has a lot more to do with creating jobs than you might think. Unions have a lot more to do with creating jobs than we have been led to believe. So if we have capable leadership, then in the industries he's talking about here, there will be jobs created, union jobs, living wage jobs, through uh, steel, steel industry, auto manufacturing, construction, energy efficiency, retrofitting, coding, uh, that, you know, the, all the software that goes into this, coding and server farms and renewable power plants. Lots of coding is going to have to get done in order to build the state-of-the-art energy grid that we need for the future. What we have right now is an energy grid of the past. We don't have an energy grid of the future. We need to create an energy grid of the future. But whenever we need to do something, that means a lot of work will, needs to be done. Work means jobs. Why are we shrinking from big projects? Why are we shrinking from big ideas? You know, why, why is uh, John Yarmouth nowhere to be found when it comes to going to bat for renewable energy, for mass transit, 
for the state-of-the-art energy grid, for building energy efficiency retrofitting. All of these things create three times more jobs than a comparable investment in fossil fuels or a comparable investment in so-called defense. It says here, we will spend $1.3 trillion to ensure that workers in the fossil fuel and other carbon-intensive industries receive strong benefits, a living wage, training, and job placement. We will protect the right of all workers to form a union without threats or intimidation from management. The benefits include, so we're going to read through about five different benefits that are included in these jobs, uh, in the just transition. We're going to have a just transition. We're going to make sure that energy workers are treated fairly in the transition to a new economy. We don't want to create an economy driven by renewable energy we don't want to do that on the backs of the fossil fuel workers because they have not done anything wrong. All they've done wrong is get a job so they can feed their families and provide for their families. So we're going to give them benefits that are worthy of them. By the way, you know, wages for the median worker has been declining. Productivity, you know, for in recent decades, in the last 50 years, profits have gone through the roof. Productivity has increased, but wages for workers has been declining. It need not be that way. It is not inevitable that it should be that way. It's inevitable because the system is rigged in favor of profits for the rich and against wages for the worker. So it says here the benefits will include up to five benefits will include up to five years of a wage guarantee, job placement assistance, relocation assistance, health care, and a pension based on their previous salary. So these are bold proposals. How many of the people the how many of the people that are opposing Bernie Sanders have even read his Green New Deal? How many of the people that are in favor of Bernie Sanders, has, have even read his Green New Deal? How many of people that are on the fence <clears throat> have even read the Green New Deal, especially the ones that are opposed? You know, I, I was in John Yarmouth's office, and he told me and a small group of people that I was with that, uh, you know, in so many words, he was saying that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez Green New Deal is expensive, and it's, it's not feasible, and she wants to ban hamburgers and air travel, and just, which is not a bad idea, but it's not anything, it's not included anywhere in her proposals. It's just a cheap shot Republican talking point. So we have this Democratic congressman uh, offering Republican talking points. And I'm wondering, Mr. Yarmouth, have you, I've done 50 episodes on the Green New Deal. Have you even read it? I didn't get to say that because you can only say so much when you have a 20-minute meeting with somebody. But um, how, many of, uh, how many of the opponents of the Green New Deal are offering any serious leadership? And I'll tell you the answer to that. The answer is zero. None of the opponents of the Green New Deal are offering any serious leadership of any kind, period. I want you to show me, I want anybody to show me 
somebody who is opposed to the Green New Deal and is at the same time offering any serious leadership. People who are opposed to the Green New Deal are offering nothing more than fake leadership. They want you to take them seriously, but you shouldn't. The pundits on TV who oppose the Green New Deal want you to take them seriously, but you shouldn't. The politicians who oppose the Green New Deal want you to take them seriously, but you shouldn't because they're not providing any leadership. They're not providing any vision. They have no plan for our future. So why should we take them seriously? Why should we show or feel any respect whatsoever for anyone that opposes the Green New Deal but has no plan of their own? We should have no respect and offer no uh, deference to people who oppose the Green New Deal and yet have no plan of their own. The next sentence says the benefits also, you know, we're talking about a just transition for workers. So the benefits of that we're offering to workers in fossil fuel industries, the benefits we're offering to workers who make their living in energy related jobs will get the following. If workers would like to receive training for a different career path, they will receive either a four-year college education or vocational job training with living expenses provided. They will also be eligible for health care through Medicare for all. So the opponents of this, so, so we just said that anybody that wants to receive training for a different career path will receive either a four-year college education or vocational job training with living expenses provided. This is a bold proposal, but it is a reasonable proposal. There is no reason for the poor and the middle class to be left out of the benefits and the abundance that are provided in the wealthiest country that has ever existed. If you take all the wealth in our country and put it together, it is the wealthiest country that has ever existed. There is no reason for, uh, uh, for the poor and the middle class to be written out of that prosperity, and yet that is exactly what has happened. We have a society that systematically excludes the poor and the middle class from the prosperity that is available to us. Now, why that has occurred and how that has occurred is a whole other conversation. We would need to look at the history of the matter. We would have to look at propaganda. We would have to look at the propaganda that we ha have uh, bought into. We would have to look at this thing called a free market, which doesn't exist. I call it the free market fraud. But that's a whole other conversation. The point is, our society has unspeakable prosperity, but it's concentrated into the hands of a very, very few. There is no reason, I live in Kentucky, there is no reason for unspeakable wealth 
to have been extracted from Kentucky and for that wealth to be concentrated into the hands of a very few, very rich, very privileged people. Kentucky has coal wealth. Kentucky has been historically the number one producer of coal in the United States, and yet it is also associated with poverty. The other day, Bernie Sanders said that 10 of the 25 poorest counties in the United States are in Kentucky. Why is that the case? Why has so much wealth been extracted from Kentucky and people are so poor? Maybe, just maybe, the mineral wealth and the natural resources should be used for the benefit of the people. And the same is true in Latin America. Latin America is unspeakably rich in terms of its natural resources, its mineral wealth, and also the fertility of its soil. Unspeakably rich country, and yet the people of Latin America are unspeakably poor. And it's because uh, the British Empire and the Spanish Empire, last but not least, the American Empire, have been allowed to go into these countries, extract wealth, take it, uh, repatriate the profits, put the profits in American banks. Meanwhile, there's untold poverty in these countries. Maybe, just maybe, the wealth of Guatemala should be for the benefit of the people of Guatemala. Maybe, just maybe, the wealth of Venezuela should be for the benefit of the people of Venezuela. Maybe, just maybe, the wealth of Brazil should be for the benefit of the people of Brazil. What I'm saying is we have as this this earth and you know most of the countries on this earth have enough uh, wealth to provide for the needs of people. We have enough wealth to pay for college education for everyone or vocational education. We have the wealth and it even pays for itself. Medicare for all pays for itself. Providing homes for the homeless pays for itself because it means that other expenses related to caring for the homeless go down. It's cheaper to give somebody a home than it is to put them in prison. Why don't we do that? That's another conversation. The point is we have enough wealth for, to provide for everybody's needs and Bernie Sanders and is, is one of the people who is willing to acknowledge that we have lots and lots of wealth and we can have even more wealth if we will distribute it more equitably. Because the, what matters is not just the wealth that is concentrated into the hands of the few, but the wealth that is distributed into the hands of the many. So it says here, if workers would like to receive training for a different career path, they will receive either a four-year college education or vocational job training with living expenses provided. So college education pays for itself. 
the pundits and the politicians that are making fun of Bernie Sanders and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Ro Khanna and the other true progressives, they do not acknowledge that sometimes when you pay for something, it's an investment. College education is an investment. Preschool is an investment. Health care is an investment. Some things should just be provided. Some things should just be off the table. So let's go on to the next sentence. It says here, we will fully fund tenant-based housing choice vouchers to ensure housing assistance to provide safe and affordable housing. So this is talking about what we're going to do for energy workers. If you are in, and you know, how, who is an energy worker? I don't know, but we're going to have people working on that. Who is an energy worker? It's not rocket science to determine who is an energy worker. So we're going to determine who are energy workers, and when we make that determination, we will fully fund tenant-based housing choice vouchers to ensure housing assistance to provide safe and affordable housing. So imagine what a, what a, a difference it'll make for people when government actually starts working for the people instead of working only for the rich, and the privileged. The next item is, if a worker is ready to retire, they may opt for pension support and access to health care through Medicare for All. So imagine how much abundance people are going to have when they no longer have to pay for health care out of their pocket. Medicare for all means people no longer have to pay for health care out of their pocket. We have the most expensive health care system in the world, and yet even people who are insured have to pay for it out of pocket, and people, you know, medical expenses are the leading cause of bankruptcy in the United States. That needs to change. So um, the next item, currently the Black Lung Disability Trust Fund and multi-employer miners' pensions are paid for by coal companies. We will protect miners' pensions and provide $15 billion for the Black Lung Disability Fund to ensure it remains solvent as we transition away from coal. In other words, the programs that we're, we have, the programs that are providing the way to a world of renewable energy, yeah, they're going to, the, the coal industry is going to go away. That's the whole point. The coal industry is going to go away. The oil industry is going to go away. The fracking for natural gas industry is going to go away. So when those industries go away, what happens to the people who have been working for those industries? Well, for one thing, black lung, so black lung is associated with coal. 
Black lung is a disease that people get when they work too long in the coal mines. So we're going to say, so there is a black lung disability trust fund. The government is just going to fund that. There's no, and okay, so how do we pay for all this? Well, get rid of 90% of the military. That's one thing. For another thing, we're going to have a lot more money flowing through the local economy. And so I guess that's a whole other conversation as to how, how we're going to pay for it. But it's going to include redirecting money from the death economy into the economy that gives life. Redirecting money from the Wall Street economy and directing it into the Main Street economy. It's also going to be paid for by higher taxes on the people that have gained the most from the wealthiest country that has ever existed on earth ever. So it's not a big mystery as to how to pay for it, but the pundits and the politicians that oppose the Green New Deal and thereby oppose the people of the United States want you to think, that, oh, we just don't have enough money. When it comes to doing anything for people, oh, we just don't, how are you going to pay for that? We don't have the money for that. Well, we have the money to bail out the banks. We have the money to uh, increase defense spending by $80 billion. We have the money. It's just a matter of, <clears throat> stop. we need to stop listening to the people who say we don't have the money. The next paragraph says we are going to require strong labor standards. So what does it mean by labor standards? Well, labor standards include wages, benefits, includes the right to form a union. So let's see what Bernie says about requiring strong labor standards. All funding that flows from this plan should have the best labor standards attached. In other, well, let's go ahead. That means that all projects completed with funding from the Green New Deal will have fair family sustaining wages, local hiring preferences, project labor and community agreements, and buying clean American construction materials and paying workers a living wage to the greatest extent possible. We will improve worker and fence line community safety standards at manufacturing and industrial plants. Additionally, we will ensure that workers remain safe on the job by providing $100 million in funding for the Department of Labor Susan Harwood training for high-risk industrial workers. So this paragraph says that we're going to require strong labor standards. And here's another, here, here's the thing about this. If you're going to institute strong labor standards, you have to do a couple of things. One is you have, well, one thing is you have to get money out of politics. You have to diminish the influence of money in politics. And Bernie is one of those few politicians who is not bought. 
He doesn't take corporate money. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez does not take corporate money. Ro Khanna does not take corporate money. Ilhan Omar does not take corporate money. And there are only a few politicians in Washington, D.C. who do not take corporate money. The other thing you need to do is overcome a, a cultural bias against... Um, a cultural bias against unions. In other words, you have to end a century or more of propaganda. You have to overcome a century or more of propaganda that says unions are bad or that labor standards are bad, are bad or that labor standards hurt jobs. So... We'll talk about that more next time. We're almost out of time. Please email info at theclimatereport.net if you have any questions, comments, or feedback. And uh, I hope you have a great day and join me next time as we continue to talk through Bernie Sanders' Green New Deal.